Don't worry about anything but in everything but prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 41. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up at evening, that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, Why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. Verses 41 through 52, Luke chapter 2. Then looking in 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, They will, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. They are the kind who work their way up into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women are forever following new teachings, but they are never able to understand the truth. These teachers oppose the truth just as Johnny's and Jambres opposed Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith, but they won't get away with this for long. Someday everyone will recognize what fools they are, just as just as with Johnny's and Jambres. But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I've endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, 
but the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil people and imposters will flourish. But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we, when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Verses 1 through 17, all of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word, which is a weapon, a powerful tool, a means whereby you pour grace, wisdom, counsel, life, and encouragement into our minds, our hearts, our lives. Thank you for the privilege we have of being able to read and meditate on your word every day. Thank you for the privilege we have of being able to live in your word every day. And thank you for the opportunity to use it as a wonderful tool and instrument to help to disciple our children, to help them to come to know you and to help to grow up in you and to become strong and vibrant and to put down their roots deep in you as they learn how to become stronger and stronger disciples who are living for you and living for your glory. Father, anoint us afresh with a spirit of grace and mercy, empowering us to be much more faithful disciple makers who begin this great and very important work in our own homes and do much of it with our own children. Help us to be faithful and diligent in carrying out this important work. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Isaac Jackson is our producer. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Hey, Father, thank you so much for these moments, and I ask that you would move today, that you'd speak through Pastor Joseph, and that you'd reveal yourself to us through the Scriptures. Father, thank you so much for how carefully you've kept the full history of uh, the Jews and how you've kept the full history of Jesus and the disciples. And Father, I ask that we would learn deeply from them, that we learn from their mistakes and we would learn from their successes. Father, I ask that you'd grow us in maturity and in holiness and that uh, you'd call more people to you because all of this is a history of how you've loved us and how you've always stepped down to us first. Thank you so much for this, Father. In your holy name, amen. 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 Thank you, Isaac. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. As always, it's a privilege to have you listening in. Today, we're looking and focusing on the topic, the joy and responsibility of discipling our children through Christmas and beyond. Again, the full title again, the joy and responsibility of discipling our children through Christmas and beyond. And, you know, it's a very important for us as believers to recognize clearly that God has given the responsibility of making disciples to every believer all over the world, no matter who you are or where you live, whatever your background, whatever nationality or ethnic group you may be a part of. As a believer, you and I are called to be disciples and to make disciples. And of course, that very important task starts in our own homes. We start with ourselves and we start with our own families as well. And our goal, one of the very important goals laid before us is to disciple our children. So today we'll be 
focusing largely on this very important responsibility and reminding us that we must take this very important responsibility very seriously. Now, part of our goal, though, is to recognize there's great joy in carrying out the work of discipleship, joy and much actually enjoyment in doing this very important work, teaching and training, helping our children to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and then helping them to learn to become students of God's Word is very important as well. I'm going to take time now to help introduce our topic uh, by sharing an article once again. And, of course, as we usually do, if you'd like to get a copy of the article, simply email us, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. And the title of this article is Redeeming the Time with Our Children. Again, Redeeming the Time with Our Children. Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 16. See then that you walk circumspectly, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Again, see then that you walk circumspectly, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Again, Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. Then Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 tells us, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Again, Proverbs 22, 6. Then Isaiah 54, 13. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. Again, Isaiah 54, 13. Then Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants, for your neck. Again, Proverbs 1, 8 and 9. Then Psalm 127, verse 3. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. Again, Psalm 127, verse 3. Then Matthew chapter 19, verse 14. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Again, Matthew 19, verse 14. Let the, let the children come to me, Christ said in Matthew 19, 14. Our Lord Jesus took time with children and blessed them in his earthly ministry. We are wise to be sure and do the same. Our children, once they arrive on the scene, immediately begin to grow and grow fast. They're born into this world and oh, how time flies. A few days after they're born, you blink your eyes and they're graduating from high school. Again, how time flies. We as parents have our children for a few days, and then they grow up and are gone. So we are wise as parents and as ministers that work with children to make the most of our time with them. In other words, we must redeem the time. We must use the time we have with them very wisely. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Psalm 90 verse 12. Yes, we need to redeem the time with our children, yet a critical question is, how do we do that? What are some things we can do to redeem the time with our children while they're growing up in our homes? The following are a few discipleship projects or goals to pursue in the midst of discipling our children. There are tasks that can encourage spiritual growth and maturity in our children's faith. In other words, these are things we can do with our children to help us redeem the time with them. Number one, one goal, have each of your children read three chapters from the Bible aloud to you every single day. If you're a grandparent, you could have your grandchildren to read three chapters aloud to you daily by phone if you need to do it that way. 
Coming up with a coming up with a way to reward them so they will be further motivated to read can often be a wise approach. Number two, pray daily with your children. Pray the Lord's Prayer with them every day. Pray the Ten Commandments with them every day. And pray Psalm 91 with them every day. Reward them to memorize each of these prayers and allow them to lead these prayers at times. Number three, pray the prayer of Jabez and the prayer of Isaiah with our, the children daily. Number four, assign the mission tasks daily. Some possible mission tasks could include calling granddad or grandmom or an elderly person in the church or in your community and read them a chapter from the Bible. Call them and pray for them. Go to the store and give out gospel tracts. Again, uh, another task, have your child excuse me, give your child a cash incentive to read a book about a missionary. Pray daily with your children for ministries and missionaries. Number six, have each of the children memorize the Ten Commandments and recite them aloud to you. Number seven, discuss the meaning of one of the Ten Commandments and talk about them and talk about how a Christian is to live them out in their lives over a period of time. Number eight, have Bible quizzes with your children. Figure out a way to give prizes for correct answers. Number nine, give your children incentives to memorize passages of Scripture and recite them to you aloud. And number 10, reward them for reading the whole book of Jonah out loud to you, the book of Ruth, the book of Mark, Philippians, etc. These are just a few ideas. You probably could quickly come up with a much longer list. A key goal for us as parents and grandparents and Christian leaders who work with youth, etc., is to make planting the Word of God into the hearts and minds of our children, a high priority. The Word of God does so much for all of us and our children. It saves us, guides us, molds us, shapes us, and we could go on and on. Where We can finish the article on the other side of the break. The title of this article is Redeeming the Time with Our Children. And we're looking today at the topic, The Joy and Responsibility of Discipling Our Children, through Christmas and beyond. We'll be right back. Thank you. 
Casting crowns with Gloria. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Today we're looking at the topic, the joy and responsibility of discipling our children through Christmas and beyond. And we were sharing from an article. The article is entitled, Redeeming the Time with Our Children. So we'll pick up uh, near where we left off in the article. The following are a few discipleship projects or goals to pursue in the midst of discipling our children. They're tasks that can encourage spiritual growth and maturity in our children's faith. In other words, these are things we can do with our children to help us redeem the time with them. Number one, have each of your children read three chapters from the Bible aloud to you every day. If you're a grandparent, you could have your grandchildren read three chapters aloud to you daily by phone if you need to do it that way. And coming up with a way to reward them so they will be further motivated to read can often be a wise approach. Number two, pray every day with your children. Pray the Lord's Prayer with them daily. Pray the Ten Commandments with them daily. Pray Psalm, 9, Psalm 91 with them every day. Reward them to memorize each of these prayers and allow them to lead the prayers often. Number three, pray the prayer of Jabez and the prayer of Isaiah with your children every single day. Number four, assign them mission tasks daily. Some possible mission tasks could include calling granddad or grandmom or an elderly person in the church or community and read them a chapter from the Bible. Call them and pray for them. Go to the store and give out gospel tracts with the children. Then number five, give your child a cash incentive to read a book about a missionary. Pray daily with your children for ministries and missionaries. Number six, have each of the children memorize the Ten Commandments and recite them out loud to you. Number seven, discuss the meaning of one of the Ten Commandments and talk to them about how a Christian is to live them out in their lives on a regular basis. Number eight, have Bible quizzes with your children. Figure out a way to give prizes for correct answers. Number nine, give your children incentives to memorize passages of Scripture and recite them to you out loud. And number 10, reward your children for reading the whole book of Jonah out loud to you, the book of Ruth, the book of Mark, Philippians, etc. These are just a few ideas. You probably could quickly come up with a much longer list. A key goal for us as parents, grandparents, Christian leaders, who work with youth, etc., is to make planting the Word of God into the hearts and minds of our children a high priority. The Word of God does so much for all of us and our children. It saves us, guides us, molds us, shapes us, and we could go on and on. 
The Word of God is Jesus, and Jesus is the Word of God. So when your child is reading the Word of God, he or she is spending time with Jesus, interacting with Him, conversing with Him. And remember, the Word of God, Jesus, heals all the ills of life. Let's be wise stewards of our time with our children. Let's do all we can and should to introduce them to Christ and guide them to live their, li- to live their whole lives for Christ. There's no better life that our children could live than a life lived closely and faithfully following Christ. Let's redeem the time. Again, the title of that article is Redeeming the Time with Our Children. If you'd like to get a copy, simply email us. Again, my email, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Our encouragement to you is that you'd email us to get a copy of the article. Use it for your own and for the discipleship of your family. But also, again, on an ongoing basis, our encouragement is that you would forward this uh, same article to family, friends, co-workers, fellow church members, saved and unsaved people. But again, it's not hard to email items, tools like this to others, and it's a great way to bless them and encourage them in an area of need in their lives. So again, joseph at afr.net is my email, and again, the title of the article, Redeeming the Time with Our Children. Again, today we're looking at the topic, the joy and responsibility of discipling our children through Christmas and beyond. And I want to stress this very important point. The task of having your children read the Word of God out loud to you every day, dad or mom and others, is, again, it's wise for us to make it a very high priority because that all by itself is much more productive than most of us seem to grasp. When a child is reading the Word of God, the Lord is pouring grace, peace, light, and strength into the mind and the heart of that young person. It's literally one of, if not the most important habit a child can have in life. Because remember, they're spending time with the creator of the universe, and he's pouring grace into their lives as they do it. So parents, let me emphasize, it's to be a high priority for us to make time to get the, to have our children simply read the Word of God out loud to us. I don't think I can overemphasize how important that very important task is all by itself. So my encouragement is that you'll cons- prayerfully consider starting that habit today with your children, having to read no less than three chapters out loud to you. And, of course, as we're moving into the Christmas season, our encouragement is that you would have the children to read out loud to you through the Christmas narratives. Again, remember the Christmas narratives include Matthew chapters 1 and 2 and Luke chapters 1 and 2. And over a period of time, again, it, in about eight days, you can read all the way through them if you read about 23 verses a day. And uh, it's a wonderful way to help walk through the Christmas season to have taken the time to read all the way through the Christmas narratives. Now, the reality is lots and lots of adults have never read all the way through the Christmas narratives themselves, uh, much less children. So parents, if you haven't done it, I would encourage you to do it personally. But also have your children read them out loud to you as well, because remember, one of the things that will happen is as they're reading, they're going to stop and ask you questions about the story. And as they read all the way through them, they, they, and actually you and 
and the children also will learn things about the Christmas story that you didn't know. There's a lot more to it than many seem to realize. Now, keep in mind, for many people, they've heard the portion of Scripture that Linus reads on Charlie Brown uh, during the Charlie Brown Christmas special, which is good. The uh, Linus reads from the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 2, and that's a good reading, but there's more to the Christmas story than that passage. So again, basically Matthew chapters 1 and 2 and Luke chapters 1 and 2 pretty much capture what we would refer to as the traditional Christmas story. There's a lot more to it than most really seem to grasp. I would encourage you to do that. Now, let me say this to every parent listening. It's very important that we make planting God's Word in the hearts of our children a high priority, but also be aware that we as parents, we must be courageous in doing what is in the best interest of our children. Now, I want to be very clear about an important point that I want to emphasize to every parent listening. It's important, parents, that we understand that Satan is attempting to use all kinds of weapons of mass distraction to get our children to put a lot of time and energy into consuming darkness and toxic information through the Internet, through cell phones, through um, laptops, through uh, tablets. The goal, Satan wants to pour all sorts of trash and toxic darkness into the minds and the hearts of our children through those means. And it's important for us as Christians to understand this. The reality is lots of adults as well as, as, well as children are very much addicted to the Internet. They're addicted to their cell phones. They're addicted to all sorts of media and forms. And sadly, so much of what they consume is toxic darkness, things that are bad for our minds, our hearts, our perspectives. It's important to understand that. I recall recently passing by a bus stop where there were children probably, I would guess, middle-aged to high school, um, middle school to high school-aged children. And I believe it was about four or five children standing there And it looked like to me every one of them was looking at their cell phone. None of them were looking up. They were all looking into their cell phones. What a tragedy that, again, we live in a society where so many adults, as well as children and young people, are addicted to their cell phones. Now, if they were consuming good things, truth, and things that line up with the Word and the will of God, that that could be a blessing. But the sad reality is many times people are consumed with celebrities and dark information about celebrities, all sorts of gossip, all sorts of negative things that really aren't good. The reality of pornography and so many other things, uh, chat rooms where strangers who really are predators out there, our, our children have access to these kinds of things. Again, remember this. The reality is this. Do you know? None of us really need a cell phone. Now, you might think, well, yes, I do. No, you don't. None of us really need one. It's a handy tool to use for certain things like making phone calls and certain other things. But the reality is telephones aren't what they used to be. It used to be that a telephone was something you used to call someone with. But now it's a computer and it's a world all to itself. But the reality is it's full of distractions, now, I'm aware that many people, they may do their Bible reading on their cell phone, and you know, that may, may be okay in its place, but I want you to keep in mind, one of the reasons why I would encourage you to read from the Bible when you can, that is a written book, a printed book, the Bible, is because when you pick up your printed book, the Bible, you or your child, 
There are no pop-ups. There's nothing else to distract you. But the reality is how many times have you thought about whether you have dealt with this or others as well? They picked up their cell phone to read their Bible, but something up popped up, something else came up or popped up, and it distracted them, and they never got to their Bible reading. When you pick up the Bible in a printed book like the printed Bible, there are no pop-ups in your Bible. You open it up and you read. So I would encourage you to make it a goal. I think it's wise to read from the Bible as much as you can as opposed to a cell phone because the possibility of getting distracted is very high very often with reading Scripture from a cell phone. But again, our encouragement to you is that parents, every day you're having your children to read the Word of God out loud to you because that exercise all by itself is very fruitful, very productive. Turn off all the... The cell phones, the radios, the TVs, all the weapons of mass distraction, and sit down and let your child consume the life-giving eternal Word of God before you. Thank you, Father, for every parent listening. Thank you for the opportunity you give us of being able to read your Word and be blessed and encouraged by your Word. Anoint us afresh with the spirit of diligence. Help us to be diligent about making it a high priority as parents to spend much time in your Word every day. And help us to make it a high priority to spend significant time letting our children read out loud to us as well so that we know that they spent time planting your word in their hearts and their minds. And Lord, help us to be wise enough to, in many many cases, not let small children even have cell phones at all, knowing that sadly too many a child have ended up getting addicted to phones, even in elementary school, even too many children, young children are even committing suicide and learning about things they have no business knowing about because they stayed up late at the night all by themselves looking at things, learning about things they shouldn't even have access to in the darkness of their own room because they had the freedom to do it. Help us to be wise, bold parents that are courageous enough to do what's right for our children, not even giving them, giving them a cell phone at an early age, but help us to be wise enough to be sure that we're helping them to fill up with your word every day, knowing that there's nothing better for our children than your precious, powerful, anointed, life-giving word. Thank you for that opportunity, Lord. And Lord, anoint us afresh with the spirit of wisdom, grace, and boldness as dads and moms to really act in our children's best interest, filling up, helping them to fill up with your word, teaching and training them to pray, teaching and training them to learn truth, and to live truth as well. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as today we're looking at the topic, the joy and responsibility of discipling our children through Christmas and beyond. We'll be right back. Love is here 
music of Christmas And there's a lady Who sits all alone with her thoughts And the memories of all that she's lost When she hears a sound at her door And the song comes to find her As a gentle reminder Love is here It's the music of Christmas So Stephen Curtis Chapman with The Music of Christmas. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Today we're looking at the topic, the joy and responsibility of discipling our children through Christmas and beyond. And I want to share an article. I actually shared it on uh, yesterday's broadcast, but I'm going to share it again because, again, it lays out a project, a neat project during the Christmas season that grandparents can do with their grandchildren And actually, of course, it's a project that you could do with your children as well, uh, but it's sort of geared toward grandparents especially. But also, you could actually be an aunt or an uncle or just someone who wants to be a blessing to a young person who you have the opportunity to be in touch with by telephone. The title of the article is A Grandparents' Christmas Discipleship Project, and we're encouraging you to email us to get a copy of the article so that you'll understand the basic... um, the basic aspects of the project. And remember, you can adjust it. You can customize it to your specific situation. But please email us, joseph at afr.net, to get a copy of the title again, A Grandparents' Christmas Discipleship Project. Luke chapter 2, verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Again, Luke 2, 11. Then Deuteronomy 6, verses 1 to 3, now, this is the commandment, the statutes, and the rules that the Lord your God command, commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over, to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, 
which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Deuteronomy 6, verses 1 to 3. How encouraging, uplifting, and inspiring it is for believers to take time to read, meditate, and think about the beautiful, glorious, and grace-filled narratives we know as the Christmas stories. They're found in Matthew chapters 1 and 2 and Luke chapters 1 and 2. What a tragedy it is that so many children have never read the Christmas narratives or Christmas story for themselves. The following is a project specifically for grandparents during the Christmas season and a project that can be a blessing to grandparents and grandchildren alike. Let each of your grandchildren know that you'd like for them to do the following for you. Call you every day for eight days during Advent or the month of December, and during each call, read a part of the Christmas story or narratives out loud. Here's one possible reading plan you could use. For children who are eight years old or older, read on day one, Matthew chapter one. Day two, Matthew chapter two. Day three, Luke chapter one, verses one to 20. The next day, Luke chapter one, verses 21 to 37. The next day, Luke 1, 38 through 56. The next day, Luke 1, 57 to 80. And the next day, Luke 2, 1 to 20. And the following day, Luke 2, 21 to 38. And then finally, Luke chapter 2, verses 39 to 52. For children younger than eight, you may simply have them read shorter passages that you select from these same chapters in Matthew and Luke. Or you may even choose to have them read the same passage each time or just a few of the passages. Let them know that you'll give them a dollar, five dollars, or whatever figure you've prayerfully come up with each time they call you and read for you. For many a grandchild that isn't particularly motivated to read, the money prize has a strange way of suddenly causing them to all of a sudden become highly motivated to participate. Why is a project like this such a fruitful one? Allow me to share with you several reasons. Number one, the Word of God is Jesus, and Jesus is the Word of God. Number two, when our children and grandchildren read the Word of God, they're spending time listening to and fellowshipping with Jesus. And for many a child, a grandparent doing this kind of project may be the only person in his or her life that is having them read the Word of God out loud to them. Number three, there's nothing in all the world that will bless and nourish the lives and the entire being of a child more than the powerful Word of God. And number four, grandparents can have one more excuse to call and spend time in conversation with their grandchildren. After they begin this reading project, I would suggest you begin to mail the prize, um, the, the prize money the same day they start reading for you. One way to do this is to see to it that you mail eight checks made out to your grandchild eight times. And just a side note, of course, you certainly could use Cash App or something along that line if you prefer to. Why do it this way instead of sending one check or one gift at the end of the project? Why do eight instead of one? Well, allow me to explain. Your grandchild will receive eight different gifts instead of one. 
and receiving each gift or slash reward can increase the excitement and anticipation for each grandchild. Picture your grandchild saying, Mom, did the mail come yet? Grandmother is sending me some money today for reading about Christmas. Imagine the grandchild opening the, the envelope and saying, Here's my money from Granddad. He must, think, he must really think reading about Jesus and Christmas is important. And imagine your grandchild doing this for eight days coming up to Christmas, getting more excited about getting their mail than the day before. Obviously, the great blessing to our grandchildren is not about the money at all. It's having the eternal Word of God planning in, planted in his or her heart and mind. Every grandparent can choose to do this project however they want to. You can certainly adjust the details however you wish to. That's entirely up to you. This is simply a fun way to carry out a Christmas discipleship project that can have eternal fruit in the lives of your grandchildren. What, what do you say? What do you say, grandparents? Are grandchildren worthy, fruitful, and fun effort? Of course they are. Again, the title of the article, A Grandparent's Christmas Discipleship Project. And then uh, the final article we'd like to share is entitled, Children Who Read the Word of God. Again, Children Who Read the Word of God. Psalm 119, verse 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Then 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. And then Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Then Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 to 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontless between your eyes." You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 to 9. Many parents have never made, made it a goal to encourage their children to read the Word of God aloud to them on a daily basis. It simply hasn't been a priority for many a parent. Christian parents often take their children to Sunday school and church, and that's a great thing, and that's very important. But sadly, many of those same parents haven't had their children to start, to start the habit of reading the Word of God aloud to them every day, along with church attendance. And it just hasn't been a priority for them. Allow me to make a case for why it would be wise to change this reality. Consider this important question and the answer to it. What happens when a child reads the Word of God? What takes place in the life of a young person who is faithfully, re who's faithfully taking time to read God's Word every day? Number one, that child is spending time with Jesus. He or she is spending time interacting with Jesus as they take time to read his word. That child is spending time listening to the wisdom, grace, power, and insight of the creator of the universe. See John chapter 1, verse 1, John 6, 63, and Romans 12, 1 and 2. What more productive activity could your child possibly 
be doing. Number two, that young person is receiving the most powerful, life-changing, and uplifting insight in all of the universe. The transforming power of the Word of God is working on the mind and heart of this young person. The Word of God is impacting this youth in many very fruitful ways. See Romans 12, 1 and 2 and Proverbs chapter 1 and chapter 2. Number three, this youth is spending time in the presence of Christ and God. When any person spends time in the presence of God, he or she will not be the same on the other side of that time. See John chapter 1, verse 1. For time reasons, we'll cut off there. And again, the title of that, that the third article, Children Who Read the Word of God. Again, if you'd like to get a copy of any and all the articles, simply email us joseph at afr.net, and we'll be glad to get them to you again. Joseph at afr.net. Well, as we normally do before we end the broadcast each day, if you have never made the extremely important decision of asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart, to be the Lord and Savior of your life, if you've never invited him in, today is a good day, a great day to make that very, very important decision. If you'd like to make that decision and commit your heart to the Lord, would you, from your heart, pray this prayer with me even now? Lord Jesus, Thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things that I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. You told us in your word that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live my whole life following you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer and committed your life to the Lord, we want to be in touch with you. Once again, my email, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph, joseph at afr.net. Please email us. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources that will help you to begin to grow up and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope to hear from you. If you're wanting to get copies of any of the articles that we shared, the three, again, the titles, once again, are, again, Children Who Read the Word of God and Grandparents, A Grandparents Christmas Discipleship Project and The High Priority of Discipling Our Children. If you want to get any and all all articles, simply email us, joseph at afr.net. We'll be glad to get them to you. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.